Let's call the meeting to order. Call the roll. Here. Okay, so Alderman Rummel is excused uh, today, so uh, let's start our process of excluding, and I'll get a motion later on from Alderman Revere. Alderman McKinney. Thank you very much. I'd like to note that I have a community meeting, and I will need to leave at uh, 6.30. Okay, we'll hopefully be done by half hour before that. So, item for separation. Alderman Verveer. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I would ask separation on item two for purposes of a substitute, which is at our places. Okay. I have an uh, amendment for item number nine, which nine. staff is aware of. Okay. And I have a question on item 11, and of course, I know that we'll have discussion on 12, 13, and 14. Very good. So we will exclude 2, 9, 11, 12, 13, and 14. And seven, and I'll take as part of the motion on seven a referral to Committee uh, on Employee Relations. When we make the motion, seven will have a referral to Employee Relations. Any other items? Yes, Alderman Mr. Mayor, I just need to be noted as refusing myself on item eight, please. That will be noted. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else? This time I'll take a uh, motion. To adopt the recommendations on one, two through eight, ten, with a note that seven is being referred to the Employment Relations Committee. Alderman Verveer? So moved, and again, item two would be adoption of the substitute that we received in okay. our places. Is there a second? Technically, this is suspension. Yeah, that's that I like suspensions. So. Yeah, this will be a suspension. <laughs> All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Now, can we have the main motion? And, uh, I, I would move that. Uh, we adopt uh, agenda item one. Uh, there's no objection then. I, we can do item two as part of this motion, the substitute before us. Very good. And items three through six. Item seven, an additional referral to the Committee on Employee Relations. Item eight and ten. Very good. Is there a second? Second. Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Since we did two on that with the substitute. Let's go immediately to item number nine. Alderman Revere. I move adoption. Is there a second? Motion is second on nine. Discussion? As I mentioned, I uh, have an amendment, but before offering said amendment, Mayor, I would like to ask, a, and she anticipated this, the Deputy City Attorney, a question or two. Okay, do we have a, did you make a motion on I believe this? I did, did I not, Laura? Okay. Okay, thank you. All right, go ahead. Okay, so, uh, well, thanks to Harper for joining us. I don't, do you want to, either of you want to give a quick overview? Otherwise, I'll go right to my question. Uh, go right to my question. <laughs> okay. So, uh, as, as Patty knows, we had a prior conversation, and I felt that the last sentence of the ordinance amendment was, would cause confusion. Uh, and so, uh, could you give background to, to the last sentence of the ordinance amendment, please, Patty? a ban on um, any new domestic partnerships. So what the procedure that we had had is domestic partnerships, there was a license similar to a marriage license issued by the county clerk. And that 
identify the domestic partnerships. When they passed the law, they did away with that and said there will be no more new domestic partnerships issued. So in the drafters analysis, you can see I'm clearly talking about the change to the state law as to why we want to do this. And so that last sentence who says employees who enter into domestic partnerships reflects that change in the state law. However, back in 1999, we provided domestic partnership health benefits, and we as a city are reverting back to that earlier time. And so that now comes on a certification rather than having a piece of paper which will not be issued anymore by the state. So we wanted to take that out so that there was no confusion between the state law and what we're going to be doing as a city. Thank you. So with that said, you obviously then would have no objection to an amendment as the drafter of this ordinance amendment. Patty, you'd have no objection to no. to deleting the last sentence that reads, employees who enter into domestic partnerships after January 1, 2018 are not eligible for this stipend. That's correct. No objection. Because, indeed, HR has a form that would... No, we have, we're, we're, we're making an adjustment to that form to allow access to folks if they have the declaration. For example, Harper. Correct. Great. Thank you very much, and I appreciate your work on all this. So that's your amendment? Is, Is it, it in order to move now? Yes. So move then. Is there a second? Thank you. Discussion further? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Motion on 11, please. Thank you both. And thank you. And the main motion then was part of that, too? It was uh, no, you're right. That's an amendment now on the main motion. Thank you. On the main motion as amended, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Thank you. Thank Item you. 11? Move adoption. Is there a second? I have a question for Greg and Steve, then maybe more than one question. Thank you both for being here. So my my first question is about the, the new exciting restaurant class billing for the store <laughs> utility. Yes. In memory of uh, our friend that retired. <laughs> Not that I think that the former uh, deputy city engineer is watching. But in any event, uh, uh, um, could you just run through for us, Greg and, and Steve, uh, is the restaurant class rates that are proposed that are before us now, as well as the estimates for how much usage there would be by restaurants consistent with that, all of the earlier discussion that we had when the council adopted that ordinance? Do you want to do the rates first? Yeah, the rates for this time include the first year of the three-year phase-in of the restaurant class. So it'll be the one-third this year is part of what's in this particular rate structure. So, and that's consistent with what, what we adopted and yes. was discussed yes. last year? Yep. Yeah. Do you want to speak then, Greg, more broadly to implementation of restaurant class? Or? So we've sent out two letters to uh, all the owners and operators, tenants, because we want to get both, right, uh, of restaurants uh, coordinated through uh, the health department that keeps track of these things. We have about, it's right around 2,000 potential customers under this class. Now, not uh, what's happening right now, 
the restaurant class goes live April 1st. The bills won't, the first bill, because we always bill in arrears, right? The first bill won't be received until the first, uh, probably the end of the first week in May, okay? But we've been getting calls, quite a, a number of calls, trying to sort out. Um, the biggest co uh, complication is mixed-use buildings that do not have separate meters for, say, a restaurant and the rest of uh, the use of the building, which might be apartments or it might be other commercial that is not uh, food preparation or food or food serving. Um, and we have a number of ways we can handle that uh, being set up uh, through the program. Um, but that's so far the biggest concern that has come up. Uh, as, as everyone probably, well, maybe not, it's not riveting stuff, but we do have three classes of restaurant customers, right? Everyone is being started in basically good standing. We're assuming that you are performing the required maintenance on your grease trap, and um, at the end of a year, which will be the end uh, next March, uh, we're doing it based on the rate cycle, not on the calendar year. So it will be, you have to provide uh, documentation that you have continued to do your your maintenance by March of March 31st of next year uh, failure to provide that would bump you up into the higher rate class people who are not performing the required maintenance and thus increasing our maintenance costs um, there is a way to even get lower if you are participating in a food recycling program uh, or biosolids recycling program um, and I suspect that will be used by some. We've had calls about it, um, but I wouldn't say that would be the majority of our customers. And then lastly, on restaurant class, if, if this is probably parochial because there are so many, as you know, restaurants downtown, uh, parochial question, but if we receive inquiries from individual establishments and or their landlords, are you the appropriate person that I can direct those to? You can certainly direct them to me. I direct them to someone else. Um, the person who, Megan Eberhardt, is running this program is a pretty significant portion of her job right now. Um, hopefully, you know, after we get this implemented, like all programs, right, that, that are new, they take a little spool up uh, to begin, and then hopefully they become somewhat routine after that. Um, but for now, Megan would be the best contact, but uh, I'm certainly uh, a contact as well. It's not a problem to take those calls. We've kind of divvied up uh, four people in the office to take calls who are all capable, including myself. Very good. Thank you. And then the other topic I just wanted to explore, of course, is in dollars, not a very large increase whatsoever, but percentage-wise a significant increase in the landfill fee. Could, could you all speak to that, as you know, in the adopted... 2018 operating budget, we assume that there would be zero percent increase in the landfill remediation fee. Could you speak to that 65 percent average increase? Yes. Uh, what, um, back in 2015, landfills rates dropped significantly and have been running a deficit since then as kind of an offset to the urban forestry initiation. And what has come to light is that because of the fact that landfill net revenues are linked with sewer net revenues in calculation of our ability to meet our bond covenants, the fact that landfill was running a deficit was drawing down the combined ability to meet those bond covenants. So actually it was having a negative impact on sewers uh, bond revenue agreements with our bondholders. So this brings us back to where 
landfill is just, it's going to run a deficit as far as fixed assets go, but it won't be running a deficit for the calculation of the bond revenue covenants. And this just gets it so that we don't have that draw down upon the operating results and make us fall potentially out of compliance with what we promised when we issued the bonds. I appreciate that background. I certainly never would have guessed that, yeah. <laughs> that that was the rationale for it. And obviously we all recall that the fee has dropped significantly as a result of the urban forestry fee. I should also what, say that we're, we're gradually uh, eliminating this connection of landfill and sewer to the, to the bonds. But we have to wait for several years until all the notices have been given to future bondholders. So at some point, landfill will just be isolated by itself and it won't have this impact anymore. And then we can, it'll be essentially separated. There are no, then there would be no, no bond connection whatsoever with landfill. Correct. Landfill on its own hasn't issued any bonds to your They did originally knowledge. to fund their mediation projects, and that's why they had this connection initially back in the late 1990s. But now landfills paid off all their share of any bonds, so there's no landfill portion to it, but they're still tied in the language of the bond covenants to have their revenues as part of the pledge against the debt service. I see. Very interesting. So in future years, not that, again, I fully acknowledge the average constituent won't notice this on their bill since it's a matter of pennies mm -hmm. uh, per month, but uh, um, in the future, do you anticipate that this will take care of the problem that it increased this year, or do you anticipate when you're putting together your operating budget request for 2019 that there will be another increase uh, along this order? Given the size of the landfill fund, it, it would not be anything of significance if there was anything, just trying to keep it to where it's you know, essentially breaking even. So maybe like every other year kind of thing where we would raise it, we'd run a small deficit just to keep things sta stale, stable, but then potentially raise it the following year. But it's such a small fund that it wouldn't be anything like this going forward. But as you say, this increase, Steve, takes care of the bond, dude. bond yes. concern. Okay. Thank you both very much. Other questions? If not, thank you. Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. That will take us to item 12. Do you have a motion, please? Uh, I would move adoption of items 12 and 13. Take thank them you. up concurrently. Motion to 12 and 13. Second. Discussion? Does anybody want to start or frame a question, or would you want to just present what these two are here? I think we're comfortable with folks. I believe there's quite a bit of discussion. If folks have specific questions, we welcome the opportunity to respond. Questions, please. No? Well, here's some specifics. I just didn't want to go first again. <laughs> well, Alderman Are there no other questions that anybody has? Go ahead. Okay. And you folks didn't want to review any aspect of your memo beyond us specific asking specific questions. Is that correct? I just wanted to give you the opportunity if you did. Well, then I, I appreciate the memo that all of you presented. And I guess Mr. Davis is he out of town or on He's vacation? He's on vacation. He's on vacation during this spring break. Um, anyway, that that all of you, uh, along with um, Norm and and uh, the city attorney Mike May, 
put together. It was very helpful. The one area that you all might recall that I mentioned, however, um, more than once in our discussion at the Finance Committee two weeks ago, isn't really um, discussed in much detail in this otherwise, you know, detailed what 15-page memo, and that is um, the very concerning uh, allegation by Mr. Bishop of the disparate impact of women and and people of color in in our workforce in terms of the reclassification process. And although I note, I can find it here quickly, I note that there is some, that you address that allegation or acknowledge it <coughs> on page 13, uh, the last half of page 13, and uh, acknowledge it, you know, uh, that he makes those allegations. I believe it doesn't really um, address them except extremely generally. Could you, and I, I actually very much wish that Mr. Davis was here because as DCR director I thought he would be helpful in in addressing that concern that, that again, is mentioned many times in the appeal, which we all acknowledge has been formally withdrawn at this point, but could, could you speak generally about that allegation because, again, it really isn't covered in this? Well, I think any of you that wish to. Sure, I think it's difficult to respond to it because there really wasn't a basis for the allegation. Um, there was an attempt to be reclassed um, a little bit higher than where we found his position to be appropriately placed, and unfortunately that was his response. Um, as I said before, he has apologized. Instead of providing additional information in regards to his responsibilities, his duties, he went the route of um, saying some harmful things. Um, he has since apologized. I've met with him. I've discussed those concerns, and there really, truly was no merit to those claims. It, it's hard for me to respond because I don't have the information from him in regards to the source of those allegations, um, and I've accepted his apology. Um, so I appreciate that, Herb. Are you? I don't want to put words in your mouth, and obviously Mr. Bishop isn't present today at our meeting, but are you saying that he acknowledged that there was no basis for the allegation that Correct. women and people of color? Correct. Correct. Okay. Well, that, that's reassuring if, if that's the case, because that was, again, reading the appeal was very painful. <clears throat> I can only imagine how painful it was for those that were personally attacked in the appeal, but... Sure. but uh, I think he was misinformed. The suggestion that, again, that there was such a negative impact on people of color and women was was most disturbing. I agree. Uh, I believe he was misinformed in regards to our process, and there was a certain level of frustration because he had expectations that just weren't appropriate for the work that he was performing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's covered, I think, in some detail in the memo. There were a couple of specific questions that let me find my notes here that I did want to ask. On page, you all have the memo in front of you, right? Yes. On page six. Of the memo, um, in the third in the third full paragraph, that read that begins under the personnel rules, the employee has a right to request review of HR's decision. You see where I am? Yes. And 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 I appreciate that that um, you know you all included some numbers so that we you know we see them here at the finance committee when they are, are um, uh, sponsored as resolutions always by the mayor, uh, and we see them as that part of the process. Um, my specific question here is: um, It says that that you HR, I think, on average, approximately 60 positions studies a year are 
are requested. It doesn't specifically give us a ballpark even of, of the approximately 60 positions. I guess the question for you, Mike, of course. Uh, how many do not recommend a change in the salary range? You acknowledge that some do, but, you know. So that 60 includes where agencies are requesting additional FTEs and classifications, new positions that are created in the budget, as well as position studies. Um, as far as denials, maybe two a year. I mean, it's not very frequent that positions come to us where we're not in agreement with the supervisor and the employee that there's been some change in the duties and responsibilities. Can you say then, be more specific, and I realize these would be estimates, um, but of the 60, how many are actual reclass requests? About half. About half of the mm -hmm. 60? Okay. And you say only about two on average a year. Um, your, your analysis results in no change in salary range whatsoever. Right. Okay, thank you. And then the specifics, I'm now on the next paragraph, the specifics, uh, because you might remember two weeks ago I said that I don't remember seeing appeals and appeal documents in my position on this committee and the predecessor committee board of estimates in the past. I appreciate you refreshing my memory about the assessment aids because I do now recall Local 60, now Local 6000 making a um, an argument about that and being concerned about the assessment aid position uh, um, the review eight years ago. You mentioned that there were three in this paragraph and onto the next page, the top of page seven. Uh, so you talked about that in 2010, the assessment aids, 2012, the CDA housing site managers, which you acknowledge did not reach us elected policymakers per se. Then is it, what could you give me what the third example is? This one. Oh, this is number three. Okay, I see. And the housing it's site management position did go through. Right. The appeal material, though, wasn't in Legistar. It, it, was it actually is attached. Oh, did I misread the memo? Brad's memo was attached. We believe the managers actually met with Brad in a meeting. Verbally. So they did not have a... Four here. Right. Right. But his response is attached to that. His response is yes. attached. And that was... Was that also on behalf of uh, Local 60? No. That was a non-rep position. Their comp group 18? Yes. Okay. Thank you. And then the general, let's see if I have other specific questions. And then very generally, and I appreciate the role of the Common Council as outlined in the memo and so forth. And again, if Mr. Davis was able to be with us today, I would have asked some questions about his response. Am I correct that Mr. Davis is the author of what's entitled DCR response on pages 14 and 15? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought it was written in the first person. Um, anyway, I, I think you're aware, but in case you're not, the, the Common Council Executive Committee, at the suggestion of Alderperson DeMarb, who, who would have liked to have been here tonight, by the way, but she had a death in her family, and that's why she's not here to discuss the concerns she articulated at her meeting two weeks ago. Uh, the, anyway, CCEC, decided at our last meeting, uh, actually after Attorney May had taken leave and the Deputy Mayor uh, had taken leave and there were no staff in the room, but we decided that our next meet, unless you count, of course, our wonderful Chief of Staff, technically staff, uh, was there staffing the meeting. But anyway, we decided uh, as a group that our, at our next meeting on April 10th, we would devote the full two hours to a general discussion. I don't want to put words in them. Those of you that are on CCEC can 
Oh, wait, none of you are on CC. <laughs> uh, uh, Alderperson Kimball is here, and she, she, you know, could could add to this, if 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 um, interest. Oh yes, and Alderperson Baldy are, are hiding behind Mr. Lipsky from where I'm I'm sitting. Sorry. Uh, um, anyway, at the at the CCEC meeting on April 10th, uh, we're going to request that we discuss generally the topic, not I think the specific two reclasses, of course that are before us right now, but the more general concerns that we have with the allegations contained in the appeal. Although I very much appreciate that you're saying, in essence, that, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Harper, but that Mr. Bishop is withdrawing the allegations that I was most concerned about. Uh, it would be nice hearing that from him. But in any event, uh, I wanted to just let you all know that the general topic we wanted to devote our entire meeting to of the executive committee and talk more generally about the concern that women and and, and uh, employees of color are not you know receiving fair consideration allegedly in the process and by the way i think your memo the aspects of your memo that give us a reclass 101 if you will refresher on the city's personnel rules since it's not something that we work with on a regular basis obviously the personnel board does and not us uh would be helpful to, i think to frame that conversation um, because, again, I think to many of my colleagues, and certainly myself included, there are aspects of the whole process that are mysterious or that we, we can use a refresher on. I thought that aspect of your memo was particularly helpful, and I appreciate that, and including the relevant personnel rules. Um, I don't, do, do my colleagues that serve on the executive committee, either of you that are here, wish to add anything to that to my description? I hope it was okay. If, so anyway, so I'll, I, I say that in part just to say that I, I have no further questions tonight because I'm hoping that we can ask more broad questions in a more appropriate venue where these two reclasses aren't the motion before us and, and allow the two reclasses to move forward this evening on to the Common Council. Thank you all. Thank you. Further questions or discussion? Alderman Kenny. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I have a general question that said that um, uh, Mr. Bishop had apologized. So since... Um, the documentation in this report is in Legistar. Will some kind of follow-up be forthcoming from Mr. Bishop? Was that ever discussed? Because if, if you're reading this into the future, you have this document. Um, we don't have the privy of you saying that uh, it was withdrawn or what the outcome is. So I'm just curious as to that. Sure. Well, in regards to his appeal, his appeal was not withdrawn. He had made an appeal. There was a response to his appeal, and he could have pressed the issue further, and he chose not to. But there wasn't a withdrawal okay. of that response. Um, in regards to his apology, it was made in person. Um, it was also directly to me. Um, he's actually apologized several times um, to not only me but also to my staff. Um, it was, there are also apologies to Norman, his uh, the director. I have heard different discussions that there may be a written apology or something along those lines. Um, I haven't seen anything. Okay. Personally, I, it was, it's not necessary for me to move forward, mm -hmm. but if that's something that would make other folks feel comfortable, that's a discussion that should probably be had with Mr. Bishop or Mr. Davis. Well, that's a question that I will be putting forward because if I'm reading this in the future, um, the fact that the personal apologies and all of that did go forward, um, 
it's not in a written document, and I would that's one of the questions I would ask um, because reading in the future, we don't have privy of of what happened after that. So that's one of the questions I would hope will be incorporated in our discussions going forward. And it actually is noted on page 15, Mr. Bishop has accepted the cop group 18 rank 15 classification and apologized to HR for the offenses caused. It's that second paragraph. Further discussion or questions? Seeing none, we'll come to a vote. All those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carried. Motion carries. Item 14, can I have a motion, please? Is it closed session recommended by staff or no? I think so. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, I, th I think so. Okay. Then I would formally move that the Finance Committee go into closed session pursuant to sections 19. 0.85 sub 1 sub E and 19.85 sub 1 sub G Wisconsin statutes, which read as follows. Deliberating or negotiating the purchasing of public properties, the investing of public funds, or conducting other specified business whenever competitive or bargaining reasons require a closed session. And further, conferring with legal counsel for the governmental body who is rendering oral or written advice concerning strategy to be adopted by the body with respect to litigation to which it is or is likely to become involved. If we do convene in closed session, uh, upon completion of closed session, notice is hereby given that we may reconvene in open session to consider um, the issue of a request by Exact Sciences Corporation for TIF assistance uh, without um, waiting 12 hours pursuant to Wisconsin Statute Section 19.85 sub 2. Is there a second? Okay. Motion is second. We'll come to a vote. All those in favor, aye. Opposed, no. And we'll call the roll. Aye. Aye. Unanimous I vote. Motion carries. Can I have a motion to adjourn? There's not and nothing to There's nothing to report out. There's nothing to report out there. And move to adjourn. Is there a second? All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries.